Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you today. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio, but we're actually going to try to slow it all down for you. We're going to divide the rage from the reason. We're going to elevate the conversation. We're going to connect the dots and help you make the news make sense today. Uh, and there is so much that is going on. Uh, but I wanted to start right off. If we had to put a title to our show today, it would be the the greatness of small or the significance of the seemingly insignificant. We're going to talk about a lot of small things today that make a huge impact in our individual lives, in our families, in our communities, in our state, and in our country. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. And I'm going to start with where I was over the weekend. Hope you had a great weekend out there. It was beautiful. Uh, many of you have heard of Project Protect uh, it's a collaborative effort between Intermountain Healthcare, University of Utah Health, Latter-day Saint Charities, a host of Utah nonprofits that I'll get to in a moment, uh, and then volunteer sewers from across the state, uh, all working to manufacture masks or PPE, personal protective equipment, uh, for the frontline caregivers. And this was one of those things that was just amazing to watch. So on Saturday... Uh, throughout the state of Utah, five different locations, there were about a million masks that had been assembled and sewn and put together and dropped off uh, for our frontline healthcare workers. And this is going to happen for the next four weeks. So five million masks in five weeks. Uh, this is something that is uh, Utah-centric and Utah-amazing. Uh, and it was just really fascinating to watch this over the weekend. I went to two different locations, one in uh, Riverton, then one up in Ogden. And to see just the car after car come in of people who had taken time to to take these kits and sew and make 100 masks and then bring them back uh, a million on a Saturday is just amazing. Uh, so there are many folks that are involved in this Project Protect. It's a, it's an incredible collaboration uh, and really does show that the Utah model works in so many different ways. Uh, I had the chance to, to catch up um, with President Gene uh, B. Bingham, who is the president of the Relief Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, caught up with her uh, just outside of Ogden, uh, as they were collecting some of these masks and uh, had her give me just kind of an overview in terms of what this looks like and what uh, it really means when you bring 
partners together in this kind of adventure? One of the great things about Project Protect has been the strength of the community partners. Each partner has brought what they do best, and they've combined those together and created a remarkable uh, project. When you look at the hospitals, they, they vetted what kind of masks do we need, what's the best way to make them. Then you had some, some partners in the community who said, well, I can cut those, I can, I can prepare those kits. And each one put their efforts together and it's created a marvelous project that each individual coming knows that, that this is going to be this is going to happen and it's it's going to bless lives here in Utah and throughout the world. And that's uh, Gene B. Bingham, president of the Relief Society of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, talking about these great partners coming together, everyone doing what they could do. Uh, there were additional partners, the uh, Tony Fanau uh, Foundation, doTERRA, uh, the Intermountain Foundation that includes the Festival of Trees volunteers and volunteer quilters, uh, the University Hospital Foundation, Stitching Hearts Worldwide, uh, and on and on it goes. And uh, I also had a chance to catch up with uh, Julie Harris, who was representing the University of Utah uh, at the location out in Riverton. Here's what she said. It's been really impressive and amazing of how many people within the Salt Lake Valley, Utah, has come together for this call. Within hours, we are full at every location, five locations, and the community is just unbelievable. They're so willing to help. They want to take more and more, and uh, they're just gracious and kind. The call was to make is to make five million masks in five weeks. We will have two thousand volunteers at every site, at five sites over the next five weeks, and that's all through Just Serve and ProjectProtect.help, and that's where they can sign up. And we'll be doing this every week. They sign up uh, towards the end of the week, pick up masks on Tuesday, drop them back off at that same location on Saturday. So amazing to, to to think that a million masks were sewn, put together, and dropped off between Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, and that's going to happen again tomorrow. There'll be another pickup. People will sew through uh, the, the next couple of days, and they'll drop them off on Saturday again uh, for five weeks, five million masks. Uh, also had the chance to uh, have a, a quick chat with uh, Sharon Eubank, who uh, is the head of Latter-day Saint Charities, also a member uh, of the Relief Society General Presidency. And she was amazed at uh, just the diversity of people who engaged in this incredible activity. I was at the Murray DI last week on Saturday watching people come in. And what struck me was the variety of people who are coming. So, you know, in a Cadillac are an elderly couple with matching face masks, you know, and they, they worked all week and they're so excited. And right behind them is a monster truck with a young couple with kids strapped in back seats, you know, and they're bringing theirs. And every car was somebody different with a different situation. And to me, this really points out, this is Utah. This is who we are and we respond to situations like this. I I just love that description of you had an older couple in a Cadillac, you had a young couple with kids in the back in a monster truck, uh, but everyone willing to do their part. Again, the greatness of small, the significance of an individual effort uh, is inspiring to me. It uh, restores my trust in humanity that on such a call, people can come together that rapidly from all different walks of life, from all different faith traditions and backgrounds, uh, and from uh, every social economic uh, component you could think of to do good, to make a difference, to rally together. Uh, And this isn't limited just to Utah. Uh, Sharon Eubanks also shared how this is actually spreading across the globe. 
I've been amazed at the creativity that happens when people may not have access to medical grade fabric or they don't have access to sewing machines, but that cannot suppress their good instincts. I just yesterday got a story out of Beira, Mozambique, where the local Latter-day Saint uh, stake wanted to do something for the traders in the market because the, tr the markets can be very dense and it's an it's a easy place for infection to spread. And they wanted them, the government had mandated that people wear cloth masks, but nobody could afford that and they weren't wearing them. So the stake uh, got fabric and they, they asked any family who wanted to help and each family committed to make a hundred masks. So they had a short amount of time, but what is interesting about this story is they don't have sewing machines. So they made a hundred masks per family by hand, sewing them by hand. Both parents and the family and the mothers and the aunts and the little children all sitting around by kerosene at night, you know, making those masks. That's a wonderful image to me. And I think it's, it's indicative of the spirit of how people are responding in their communities. And then to see photos of them uh, passing these out to the fishmongers in the market and the coconut traders and everybody putting on these cloth masks. I heard another story about a, an elderly woman who said she prays over every mask that the person who wears it will have protection. And that was touching to me, that it isn't just cloth and sewing, it's actual faith that's being transmitted. Such such great insight there. And again, whether it's here in the state of Utah, whether it's in Mozambique, uh, never underestimate the power of one person doing good. Uh, that's that's what's going to heal the world. That's what's going to heal the nation. That's what's going to allow us to move forward uh, out of the current crisis is our willingness to just do, to do our part, to do what we can, where we can, when we can, how we can, uh, and do it as long as we can. Uh, that's the that's the real key to this. Uh, I want to wrap up this segment with uh, one more comment uh, from President uh, Jean B. Bingham uh, from the Relief Society uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. She, she shared kind of this vision of the individual, the power of one to do good. It starts with an individual. We got one phone call from Dr. Day to our office. One individual at a time has bought into this project, and now we have one individual at a time who signs up on Just Serve, and then they come one car at a time, and they pick up their kit, and they go home one person at a time, they sew one mask at a time, and then they bring them all back. One person at a time makes a huge difference. It's like a, you're talking about a waterfall, you know, one drop, but when it all come together, then look at the power that those ones have together. It is the power of one, and that is my kind of math. Uh, if we could call this segment, one plus one equals five million. One plus one, one person, one car, one person willing to sew one mask at a time uh, is going to add up to five million masks to our frontline workers that are going to make a difference and continue to make a difference for us. If you want to be involved in that, you can go to Project Protect, uh, and it is everywhere. And again, there's four more weeks to go, four, more, four million more masks to go. Uh, be part of this. Uh, to me, this is the evidence of the goodness of people from all walks of life who can come together and do one thing. The significance of the small is what it's really all about. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. We're going to keep on the small. We're going to be joined by Representative John Curtis, who's talking about small business, the power of it to deliver the nation and move the country forward. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. 
I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.